think it was still right on the So welcome to the To Our Gathered Catholic podcast with Father Rob Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you doing today? Today, Jim, I'm doing quite well. Uh, Yes, it's a Monday morning. We're in the first week of Lent, and life is good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. It's been very, 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 very cold, and, you know, it's not... We're a little bit more prepared for it in Minnesota than Mm. uh, folks in Texas who might be listening to us. Um, but prayers are going out to them. Definitely. But it's been really cold. Yeah. Yeah. And we got some more snow here in Milwaukee yesterday. So, in addition to cold, uh, we've been dumped on quite a bit. But it's pretty to look at out the window. Yeah. It's, um, we're going to hit like 40 today. So, that's, oh. uh, that's kind of a nice uh, little gift in the middle of end of February. Right. So, um, your retreat went well? It did went it went very well. I had a number of couples to whom I was preaching a retreat in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, at our Jesuit retreat house there, and I think they appreciated the weekend. So yes, it was good. Thanks for asking. Well, you did, yeah, we were we missed you last week. Yeah, Mark and Molly and I. Uh, um, I think we had a pretty good discussion and 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 tried to fill your shoes. Oh well, that's my. I only have a size nine, so it's not that difficult. <laughs> um, yes, I listened to the podcast actually, and I thought it was very interesting. I knew some of uh, of their story, the Druffner story, but there were lots of uh, details that I wasn't aware of. So uh, I thought they did a great job, and and you were a, a great host. Well, thank you, and then and uh, we'll thank Molly and Mark uh, again for um, being so generous and appearing on our podcast. Um, we I think we're going to have some other. I got some uh, other guest ideas that are kind of intriguing. Mm, okay, you, you might like it. Excellent. I'll, also, I mean, so if you if you tuned in just to listen to partners uh, partners for hope uh, podcast, hopefully you're sticking around and and listening to uh, other po- other episodes mm-hmm. of us. And then um, also, again, I just want to throw out a uh, uh, thank you to all the people on Relevant Radio who really, really, really like you. <laughs> you mentioned us on Relevant Radio, and I think uh, our audience doubled. Wow. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Well, I'm, I'm grateful, too, to Relevant Radio for letting me make the plug. They like, they like you. <laughs> We have, we have one comment on uh, Apple Podcasts. It says, Father Rob is a great teacher who makes Catholic teaching easy to understand for any listener. Fellows, I don't know what he's doing. He's just <laughs> sitting there. No matter where they are in the faith journey, the tone of the podcast creates a conversational atmosphere and fosters growth rather than chastisement or guilt. That is from P. Owens. And uh, thank you, uh, P. Owens, because yes. that's a really nice comment. If, if uh, other people want to comment or, or rate us, that would be great. That helps other people to find this podcast. Um, you just, uh, I think the only system for rating is going to Apple mm-hmm. and uh, the Apple podcast. And, and then, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, give us a good rating. Please, yes, that would be great. And Peter Peter Owens, by the way, is a former uh, student of mine at Creighton Prep High School in Omaha, so I'm grateful to him that he reached out. Well, Peter, I hope you're still listening, and I agree with you. Um, uh, Father Rob is a great teacher, and I'm just <laughs> happy to tag along. Oh. So this week, we're just, uh, it's our first week of Lent, Father. 
It is indeed. Yep. 40 How days. Apples? 40 days. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it rolls around every year. We should uh, cover something topical, don't you think? You know, why don't we just, <laughs> let's just think of something right now off the top of our heads. How about, I don't know, fasting? Okay. <laughs> all right. That sounds great. I wow. mean, we haven't talked about that at all. We, we, haven't talk, we haven't prepped for that or anything. Not at all. Not at all, no. So uh, this will be more spontaneous than usual. Well, let's talk about fasting then. What's the uh, what's the history on on fasting within the church, Father? Wow, the whole history. I don't know, but I well, think... I mean, why are we? Call- I mean, what's what's the first thing that we want to cover with this? Okay. Well, I think probably a good place to start is just by kind of telling folks what it is that the church asks of us during Lent uh, when it comes to fasting. Um, it's actually it has changed a little bit over the centuries and. Uh, our grandparents or great-grandparents uh, had to probably do a much stricter fast during Lent than we do, because uh, there was a time when Catholics used to give up not only meat, uh, but also other animal products like milk and butter, uh, oil, sometimes even fish, uh, during the uh, Lenten fast on, on Fridays. Um, I have some Orthodox friends, actually. I'm good friends in particular with a family in Omaha who are Orthodox Christians, and they still practice a much more uh, austere fast than we Catholics do. They give up a lot more, and they have more days that they have to observe it. But for us today, since 1983 in the Code of Canon Law that was promulgated that year, um, in the Latin Church, so not the Eastern Catholic Church, but the Western Church, um, Anybody over the age of 14 is supposed to abstain from meat on Ash Wednesday and on Good Friday and also on all the other Fridays in Lent. So we go meatless on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And then in particular, on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, those two days, adults uh, between the ages of 18 and 59 um, must fast, and and that means eating um, one full meal and then two smaller meals that together are not going to add up to equal the full meal. So, so there's both abstinence, meaning we, we um, and that's another thing, is sometimes people get confused between the, you know, what is abstinence and what is fasting. So to abstain means that I just simply let go of a certain food item. So in our case as Catholics, you know, we abstain from meat uh, on those Fridays in Lent. But then fasting has to do with the quantity that we're eating, and so we're also asked to eat less um, on Ash Wednesday and, and Good Friday, um, so you know, in, in the scheme of things, it's not it's not too uh, strict. It's not too difficult. But in a very um, kind of self indulgent and consumerist society like ours, giving up anything uh, can seem like a huge sacrifice. So I think it's good today that we're going to offer some reasons why fasting is a good thing. Well, that'd be good because I have uh, I have certainly in uh, weaker uh, Lent seasons for me I have gained gamed the uh, um, two smaller meals not adding up to the larger <laughs> meal and just uh, compensating by having a huge meal at dinner right like, right really right. counterproductive to the whole fasting uh, right, thing. right 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 I'm yeah. a terrible faster I'm. <laughs> Horrible at it. I think most of us struggle with it, you know. So uh, I, I think this will be a good thing for you to just, uh, you know, 
You, you, it, if anybody else wants to listen, that's great. But I'm paying, I'm, I'm paying <laughs> very special. close attention. Well, and I'm kind of preaching to myself as well. So we're all in this together. Um, yeah. <sighs> yeah. People don't want advice from me on fasting. Just, uh, <laughs> why is Jabba the Hutt talking about fasting? That's oh, my goodness. Anyway. Um, all right. So um, is there any, uh, is there any uh, scriptural references to fasting? You know, there is actually, fasting was a very common practice uh, in the ancient biblical world, so we have quite a few examples. Uh, Maybe just to highlight a few of them, um, I just thought about this recently as I was kind of reading some things about fasting. It hadn't really occurred to me before, but we we could say that the first people that are asked to fast are Adam and Eve themselves, because uh, you'll remember that um, they're allowed to eat of all the trees in the garden except one. They're told that it's forbidden to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, And then the tempter comes along and basically says, ah, that's not true. God knows that if you eat of this fruit, you're going to be God-like. And so go ahead, you know, indulge. And of course, God does want us to be like him. We are called to be God-like, but that's all a gift from God. We don't make ourselves gods. We don't compete with God. And so uh, we know that Adam and Eve went ahead and ate from the forbidden fruit, and that led to all types of nasty consequences, uh, original sin, you know, and then the sin bringing death and uh, many negative realities upon us. So um, we can say that when... uh, Jesus goes into the desert for 40 days, and he fasts from food and water for 40 days. He's being obedient to the Father, and his fasting can be seen as kind of a reversal of the Garden and Eat, the Garden of Eden, you know, that by fasting and obeying the Father, he restores humanity. He gives us a pathway out of sin. So anyway, so I, I hadn't thought about that before, but I think that's, that's very, uh, there's a good spiritual wisdom there that that uh, Jesus' fast undoes the, the poor consequences of uh, Adam and Eve's lack of fasting. Um, we know that Moses fasted uh, several times, actually, three different times in, in the Old Testament. We learn about Moses fasting as he is um, trying to, you know, welcome uh, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and as he's trying to lead this kind of rebellious people that he's been asked to... Um, to lead out of Egypt. So Moses fasts. We can remember, too, the story of Jonah. He's most famous because he gets swallowed in the belly of a whale and then goes and, you know, carries out God's um, commands as a prophet. But one of the things is when he goes to Nineveh and, and announces that, you know, in three days Nineveh is going to be destroyed, the king of Nineveh immediately proclaims this radical fast and putting on sackcloth and ashes. And even the animals uh, participate in this fast, which is kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of biblical evidence that you know, biblical peoples, ancient peoples, were very accustomed to uh, fasting. Um, and the uh, Jesus in the desert thing. Uh, uh, I should probably yeah. talk about this off air. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's add that to our list of podcast topics and talk sure. about temptation because yep. I, I find that very intriguing. Sounds good. And, and I don't think uh, we talk about that enough, but we're, we're talking about fasting today. So, right. 
Um, so what's, uh, um, what are the, what are some of the spiritual reasons? And I'm sure that there's a ton of them. Um, maybe we just, uh, cover some of the, 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 you know, more popular ones. Sure. What are some of the, the uh, spiritual reasons to fast? Well, you know, um, actually maybe before getting into that, let me just okay. say a quick word about some of the maybe, um, non-spiritual reasons for fasting, which aren't really uh, the ones that we want to focus on during Lent. That's not on my list. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have... Well, there are some pitfalls of, of fasting. There are some well, I, well, dangers of fasting. Oh, I mean, sure. I think, right. for example, I think a lot of people, even Catholics who might be fasting in Lent, they uh, might focus on the fact that you know, by doing this, I can lose some weight this year. You know, I've been intending to shed a few pounds, so I'm going to, you know, focus on the fact that I'm going to lose some weight, I'm going to improve my physical health. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with losing weight and caring for one's physical health. I'm sure both Jim and I would encourage everybody listening to do that. But the problem with that is it's it's more focused on myself, maybe on my appearance as well as my physical health. And... Um, and so the fasting we're talking about in the podcast today is not primarily about uh, that, you know. And, and we know, too, that one of the dangers of any spiritual practice, including fasting, is that we can become a bit arrogant and prideful by doing it. Uh, we might want to let other people know that we're fasting. And this is why Jesus in the Gospels is uh, very clear that, um, you know, we shouldn't be making a show of our fasting or for that matter, of our prayer or our almsgiving, because then um, we might be hypocritical, you know? We're doing it more because we're trying to impress others, make them think that we're so holy and so forth. Um, so one of the dangers, you know, of this whole fasting is that we kind of toot our own horn and we think we're so great. We think maybe that we're superior now to other people who don't fast, and we start looking down on them and lacking charity. Um, I think another kind of common experience with with fasting is we sometimes think that if we fast, you know, God's going to love us more, that maybe our fasting is going to actually cause him to pay more attention to us, to care about us more. So I think we have to be very clear that we're not fasting in order to kind of wring out of God more love, you know, or, to, or coerce him in some way to pay attention to us. He, he knows us, he cares for us, and he loves us always at every moment. So, so this is not about earning God's love in any way. Um, maybe another thing about fasting that can be a challenge for us is, like, how do we fast but still maintain an attitude of joy, you know, keep a smile on our face so that we're not going around with a cloud over our heads, you know, and people are looking at how glum and dour we are. So, you know, yeah, those, those, I just want to maybe start with those because I think there are some not so great reasons for choosing to So you're saying fast. intention is, is, a, is a pivotal part in this whole thing. Intention is huge, right. Oh, exactly. my gosh. Exactly. Can well, you believe a, that? I know. That's a shock. <laughs> <laughs> that where our heart is actually matters in all this. Wow. Well, yeah, uh, wow. All right. <laughs> But to sort of go maybe more more into your uh, question about you know what are some spiritual purposes for fasting? Why do we do it as as Catholics and as Christians? You know, and you know there's a variety of angles that we can come on this question. I mean, I think for one thing, um, 
when we fast, we're not, first of all, giving up something that's bad or evil in itself. I mean, we all need a certain amount of food. And especially when we're celebrating something special, you know, having extra delicious food or maybe having, you know, a, a wonderful dessert. I mean, this can be terrific, right? So, so food is a good thing. But what we do when we fast is we, we renounce or sacrifice a good thing for the sake of something that's better or higher. Um, so by giving up from time to time uh, a food that we may like, eating less of it, maybe even abstaining completely from it, we're not judging it as, uh, as sinful, but what we're saying is, you know, God, I want to make you uh, the priority in my life. I want you to be the center of my life. And I don't want any creature uh, that you've made to compete with, you know, my love for you and my desire to do your will. So it's a way of reminding ourselves, you know, that God is number one in our lives and that nothing else should um, take, you know, his place in terms of, of the priority in our life. So, you know, I think that's kind of a very fundamental reason for for fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing is, we all know this from our own experience, that in our fallen state, um, as, you know, sinful people, we know that there are many things in our life that we can relate to in a disordered way. Uh, they tend to enslave us, they kind of take away our freedom. And while this can happen in lots of ways, I think our experience is that often with food and drink especially, um, we can have kind of that disordered relationship. So food and drink just take on way too much importance in our life, and we indulge in them, you know, excessively and so forth. So part of what fasting does is it um, kind of, is it's one way of kind of weaning us off of um, an attachment to something that is secondary or that is, you know, less than God. So I might push back on that just okay. a little bit. Yeah, go. Just, uh, just I think that, uh, I, at, and and again, I'm just speaking from personal experience, mm-hmm. but I don't think that um, food and drink are more important in my life. Mm. It's it's that they're more um, accessible. Okay. And I take them for granted. Yes. So the so it's not like wow, this is really important. It's like yeah, this is here, and I'm just gonna. Mm-hmm stuff my gullet until I'm ready to burst. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think that the fasting thing then actually makes the food and drink more important when we can actually get to it. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, then we, we can, we can savor it that much more and we can enjoy it that much more. What do you think? Uh, I I like that. I like that. I mean, (laughs) I I think there's a lot of truth in that. There's truth in everything you say, Jim, I think. That's not true. Well, most of it anyway. (laughs) Um, yeah. You are I, a handsome, handsome man, Father. <laughs> How true you are. How true you are. So, um, yeah, so I think they're, well, and as you point out, I mean, food and drink, they're, they're so basic. We do take them for granted. I mean, we just, every day we usually have three meals and then we maybe even have some snacks and it's just, it's sort of just such a, uh, unthink, you know, we don't think about it a whole lot. So I think one of the things that fasting can do is it can also lead to, kind of an awareness that, yeah, this is a gift. Uh, probably for most of us, we don't, even if we do cook our own meals, you know, the food has to come from some farmer's field or there are people out there that are providing it for us, ultimately God, of course. So it's a way of also kind of appreciating the reality of food more. But I, I, I really like to highlight in Lent that we are trying to grow in a certain self 
mastery through fasting. Um, we're trying to say that, you know, some of those unruly lower or baser appetites in our life, they, they do need a little bit of regulation. Right. Uh, we need to bring some order into some, some, some of those parts of our life that tend to get out of control and that are always sort of crying out for satisfaction. And so just to touch base on, uh, and I should have done it earlier when you were talking about uh, the pitfalls of fasting and just not showing off and bragging and, yeah, you know, that's, which is, you know, that's right there in scripture. Jesus mm-hmm. does talk about it. Um, but along with that, um, we can be supportive of each other in, in the whole fasting thing. I've, I've, I've mentioned my men's group um, several times because these are uh, awesome bunch of guys. And mm-hmm. the leader, um, I don't want to use his real name. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's refer to him as um, acclaimed actor David Morse. We'll just call him that. <laughs> okay. um, are you familiar with David Morse's work? He was in uh, St. Elsewhere and oh. Green Mile. and Oh, I've anyway. seen those movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, I know well, who you're St. talking St. Elsewhere about. was a TV show, but that's okay. Though. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of, uh, of uh, there's another... No, never mind. Just go ahead. Just <laughs> off the rails. I know, I know. <laughs> but, and I, I so, consider myself a movie buff, too, but anyway. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, so we actually, asked, you know, the, the, what prompted this uh, podcast was we had a really good conversation and, um, on fasting uh, with the men's group. And mm-hmm. um, uh, acclaimed actor David Morris was <laughs> is our leader and was, was leading us through this whole thing and offering some great suggestions. And then um, on Friday, he, he just calls me up and he's like, he's like, hey, Jim, how's fasting going for you? And I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Calling you out. I didn't realize. And he wasn't being like mean. No, no. He, was, he was genuinely being supportive. And I'm like, you know what? I gotta appreciate this because because now you know, you know, I, and people call me out. Yeah, and so I think that's great. I agree. I agree. You know, we yeah, we often think about fasting as just sort of my own private individual ascetical practice, but right. there are there are communal fasts like like we mentioned the King of Nineveh and all the people of Nineveh engaged in this in this fast together. And yeah, I know that sometimes parishes will you know, organize a fast, and then they'll kind of collect the money and give it to some charity. So you're right. I think having, you know, at least maybe an accountability partner, somebody that can kind of call you out, you can call him or her out. Um, but but you, yeah, having a, even better, having a group of people that are doing the fasting together, that sounds like an awesome, uh, awesome idea. So I don't know if, uh, um, you know, acclaimed actor David Morris is still listening to this podcast, but if he <laughs> is... He can uh, he can keep on uh, uh, calling me on the carpet. Is, is the acclaimed actor part part of his legal name, or do you just keep repeating? I'm just because he is an acclaimed actor. Uh, I just refer to he's. It's not actually acclaimed actor David Morris. It's okay. just I don't want to use the guy's real name. Okay. So okay, I just randomly picked um, David Morris, okay. uh, star of stage and screen. <laughs> just uh, you know, it just seemed like a thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, and now I'm kind of going off our, uh, uh, you know, our, our, our little list of guidelines. So you tell me if this is bad. Um, but why do you think people don't want to fast? Well, I would say there's a few things going on there. One is that uh, it does involve a certain level of discomfort. You know, you can get hunger, pains, um, and... You know, whereas for us as Christians, we'd say maybe that little discomfort or that little suffering 
is a good thing because it's something we can unite with the cross of Jesus. And, you know, it sounds very exalted to say this, but in some small way we are helping Jesus to redeem the world. We kind of become co-redeemers with him. But even though that, you know, that sounds beautiful and it's exalted, the reality is that, excuse me, we kind of run away from suffering a lot, even small sufferings. You know, we, we just don't like to endure them. So I think, you know, like any ascetical practice, there's a little pain, a little discomfort that we don't really enjoy, uh, even if we see value in it. And of course, right. we live in a culture that is very much instant gratification and just kind of indulge all, all of your appetites, you know, to the to the max. So and, this and is very the big question, Right. And the big question that everyone um, is like, are, are, are you happy? Which just drives me nuts. Yeah. But it's, it's uh, I mean, happiness isn't bad. But, like, we're the only culture in the world that really focuses on our mm-hmm. happiness. Like mm-hmm. Most of the world is focusing on survival. Yeah. yeah. And and it's just like, you know, well, does that make you happy? Is it, you know, it's like, so, and, and the flip side of that is anything that causes you pain or suffering is uh, probably bad. Yeah. It's probably a bad thing. And I think that's the inference. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, good point. Exactly. Like, we're all, we're supposed to be happy all the time, and happiness is equated with, kind of feeling always fulfilled or whatever, you know, and it's like, well, I can, maybe I can actually see happiness as my full human flourishing, you know, what, what are, yeah. And so fasting is actually a part of the pathway to happiness because by, you know, by fasting, I, um, I kind of keep God at the center and of course he's the source of all happiness. And right. by fasting, I also kind of learn how to, you know, keep my, uh, keep my life kind of ordered properly. And that is what leads to real joy and freedom. That's really what I think this is about too. I I would emphasize that, that the ultimate purpose, well, there are many ultimate purposes, I guess we're highlighting, you know, a number of them, but one of them anyway is I want to be a freer, more joyful person. And I don't want to have anything, uh, kind of dominating my life or enslaving me and so forth. So, um, I think fasting is a great way to, to do that. And, and we're talking today specifically about fasting in Lent, but, you know, I think it's important to say that fasting is a good thing to do all the time, you know, throughout the year. You know, maybe right. every, every Friday should be maybe a day of... Uh, I got friends that do that all, all yeah. year long. They mm-hmm. just, they, they take a day and they fast and exactly. um, they don't brag about it and they don't talk about it. But mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to go out with them on Friday, don't, uh, don't expect to, you know... You, you're going to go out someplace for a simple meal. If you yeah. go over to their house, you're going to have a simple meal, which is great. And we should highlight, I mean, this may be obvious, but we should highlight for our listeners that Friday is usually the day for us Catholics because it is the day of the Lord's Passion and, you know, Good Friday and everything. So, But if that day doesn't work for you, um, you can certainly choose a different day of the week. Um, and you can fast in a lot of different ways, too. I mean, we're talking today primarily about food, but even within food, you can... You can give up a meal entirely. You can maybe give up breakfast or lunch or just eat less at each of the meals. Or you give up a favorite food stuff or maybe uh, a favorite beverage. So there's actually lots of ways to do this and be creative. But then beyond food and drink, we can also you know, fast on a given day from things like television or social media. Sure. Um, so yeah, so really there's, there's a lot of room for flexibility here. It's not one size Acclaimed actor all. David Morris is fasting from his phone when he's not at work. Uh-huh. Okay. Which makes it difficult to get a hold of him. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but I, I want to be supportive of right, that. Right, right. 
Well, see, that means that when he's trying to pray, Jim, he, he he's not worried about you, you know, suddenly a text appearing in the middle of his prayer from you, you see? so Right. So, so no, but that's good. That's good. So um, can I share a story? Please. Okay. So uh, when, uh, when I was 17, um, I went on Outward Bound, and I mm-hmm. went up to the Quetico oh. National Forest up in uh, Canada. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Outward Bound, um, it's, uh, it's pretty hardcore. It's, uh, I'd, um, we, we would get up an hour before dawn, um, we'd, we'd have camp broke by dawn, and then we'd canoe and portage like 15 hours that day, and, Yikes. and that was a daily thing. Mm-hmm. And then we'd set up camp and go to sleep and blah, 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 blah. And there was other things that we did in the middle of that. And portage paths up in, um, in Quetico aren't measured in rods like they are in uh, Boundary Waters. Hmm. They're, they're measured in miles. Okay. So... <laughs> Which Jeez. is weird because it's Canada. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, oh, that's about three quarters of a mile. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's really, really grueling. And it, I was there for like almost a month and, uh, and and doing this every day. And then part of the Outward Bound experience is that they take three days um, and put you alone on an island without food or shelter. Wow. And it's not like they drop you off and it's day one, day two, day three. It's like they drop you off. You go to sleep, then it's day one, day two, day three, oh. and then you sleep, and then they pick you up. So it's oh. like five days. Right, right. And and the whole everyone's like, oh, so that's just like a survival thing. And it's it's really not a survival thing at all. And they 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 make they're very emphatic about this. That they're they just want to show you um how little you can get by with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also and they're also like the 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 power of Cleansing out physically, cleansing out your entire system. Yeah, um, and and it opens your mind to to new things. And mm-hmm. so, like the so I'm on this island. It's I'm you know I'm there for the the whole solo period. And on the last day, honestly, like <laughs> all the questions that I had in my life and the struggles that I was having really started to look simple. Wow. Like it was, it was the most life changing thing about the entire trip, and I'm mm-hmm. never gonna forget that. And I think that, I mean, I, I look back at like the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a weird segue, but if you if you if you look at the Ten Commandments and you think about it, um, the Ten Commandments can be us honoring God, but the Ten Commandments are also like things that are really good for us. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you shall not murder. Well, that's a pretty good thing to do because somebody's going to come along and murder you if you go mm-hmm. and murder mm-hmm. people. Um, don't commit adultery. Well, you know, you, 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 yeah. you, today you don't want to get uh, sexually transmitted diseases. And if you don't right. commit adultery, you never have to worry about that. Right, right. Um, you shall not steal. Again, somebody's, you get caught, somebody's going to cause you a problem. Honor your mother and father. You honor your father and your mother, and then your children see you honoring your father and your mother, and then you're taking care mm-hmm. of them. So there's a real, and I think that fasting, like, you know, fasting is mentioned in every Marian apparition that's approved. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, it's great to fast from other things. But physical mm-hmm. fasting of food, I think, really does 
you know, it can honor God, but it also is a, can be a huge benefit to us, not sure. just in the weight loss thing, right? But but gives us it takes away the distractions of the, and food can be really distracting. <laughs> you overstuff yourself, which I am want to do. You're not thinking about much else besides the fact that you're uncomfortable because you got you know that second piece of pie in your belly, right? Right. So that's uh, it. Was I've never done. I mean, I have done it once again. I did another Howard Bound course, and I did the three days of uh, the three day solo thing. But um, it, it's next to impossible. Are you not? Are you not in own. those three days without Howard Bound? Are you not eating anything, or is it just like no. eating very little? Or no, you no, just, you eat okay. nothing. You just drink water. Basically? You just drink water. Wow. That's it. Yeah, for that is, three that days. Is, mm, it's okay. about as close as I can get to Jesus in the desert. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and it's, it's a huge, and the first day is horrible. Right. You just, it's hunger pains and you got headaches and you got all that and you wake up the second day and you're fine. You're fine. Wow. You're tired. You're weak. You're very mm-hmm. tired. By the third day, I was about 150 feet, uh, from shore where I was sleeping uh-huh. and I would have to take a break walking down. Wow. I'd have to sit down for a few minutes. <laughs> I catch my breath, yeah, and then I'd go down and I'd get some water, and then I'd come back up. Wow. And then also, like, not not needing to poop is really weird. Oh, like, there's an added benefit. A, it's it's just a <laughs> sensation. Yeah, no, that's, that's not. But yeah, the th- man, the third day, I was just sitting there and I was looking. I can I can remember exactly how I felt. And I'm sitting on the shoreline. I'm looking up. I'm hearing the bald eagles flying overhead, yeah. which is an amazing sound. Mm-hmm. And I'm just seeing the thing. And I'm 17, so like, how many yeah. troubles do I have? But right. I'm looking at the things that I'm struggling with and the things that are scaring me, and they all just they just became so much simpler. At mm-hmm. that point. So wow. Well, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that uh, personal that's my pitch. angle on it. Yeah, that's cool. Are there other reasons you know that you might highlight uh, as to why fasting? can be a good spiritual practice. I mean, one of the things I don't think we have mentioned is um, in addition to kind of uniting ourselves with Jesus and his cross and redemptive activity, it, it also can make us feel more, a little more united with people that truly are poor. You know, you mentioned how, you know, they're around the world, there's a lot of people that are just trying to survive. And even in our own country, the United States, you know, probably, I, I assume, still the wealthiest country on earth. Um, yeah. There's tons of people that, I mean, look what's happened... Uh, you know, just during the pandemic and how many people have been dependent on others for basic needs. So, granted, it is... People in Texas right now. Well, right now, exactly. So, um, it's kind of... Granted, it is kind of more symbolic, but I think that our fasting can give us a small inkling of what it might be like for people who habitually go without enough to eat. And, And then, as we maybe get in touch with that, we can... Our fasting becomes also a form of prayer, doesn't it? I mean, we can use the discomfort of our fasting and say, Lord, I want to offer this small sacrifice on behalf of, you know, other people that may be hungry or may be suffering. And so one of the things we want to remember in Lent, that these three practices of fasting, prayer, and almsgiving are all kind of related. You know, if I, if I fast, I might have some more right. um, disposable income that I can give to charity. And if I'm fasting, I can... You know, that that fasting is a way of intensifying or adding more weight to some prayer intention that I might be holding in my heart that day. So anyway, these practices well, can and this goes back to you know, this goes back to uh, our episode on suffering. 
Mm-hmm. And and it just if if you offering the if you offer the suffering up to God, and if you do it for some intentionality, um, if it's for the people in the world who are literally starving, or mm-hmm. the holy souls of purgatory, or anything like that. I mean, if you're literally offering this up, um, you know things can happen. Right. Yep. Yeah. Imagine if everybody. Imagine even even just every Catholic took this seriously, and and you know on on every Friday in Lent we were all. Uh, doing this this fasting and linking it to prayer and and then also you know giving away alms based on on money we might be saving. I mean, it would it would have a huge impact, you know. So very good. Um, I think there'd be a lot less evil in the world. I agree. I if people agree. if people took the, the those three things and 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 the Blessed Mother says them at every opportunity when she's visiting, right? You know. Right. Pray fast, go to confession. Right. These are this, these are the things you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I'm doing, uh, and I, I may even hesitate to say this because I know we're not supposed to kind of talk maybe about our fasting practices, but one of the things in addition to the regular food things, uh, I decided this year that I would fast from using our elevator here at the seminary. Now, I live on the fourth floor of the building, and we have kind of this grand staircase. And uh, at 55, and maybe 10 or 15 pounds heavier than I should be, walking up the stairs several times a day from the ground floor to the fourth floor, you know, by the time I get up there, I'm a little bit out of breath, you know, and, um, and there's something very attractive about just hopping on the elevator and letting it take me up. But I decided to do that because uh, I knew that, it, first of all, it would just slow me down. I mean, the elevator's a little bit faster than taking the stairs. But I also knew that the discomfort of, uh, you know, just the little bit of fatigue that I feel in my legs and the little bit that I'm out of breath, you know, that again, that's a, a little form of suffering that I can maybe offer to the Lord on behalf of somebody else. So while I really like what you're saying, that our Blessed Mother emphasizes fasting from food and drink, and that's been traditionally our focus, you know, as Christians— I, I want to also, you know, help people who are listening to realize that fasting can take many forms, and uh, and outside of Lent, we can do things that, uh, you know, can still have have real spiritual merit and value. Um, I agree, a hundred percent. You know, I, sh- I shared with anything? you. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, and that, and again, this is it's kind of cool because we can be very creative with it, and we can kind of adapt it to maybe our situation and what are you know, what are things that we're attached to or um, uh, things that we like so much that giving them up would be kind of a sacrifice. And I know I shared with you uh, an article that I had found by this priest named Father Ed Broom, and he, he listed a number of different little forms of fasting. And, and again, they're pretty creative. Like, he quotes um, uh, the founder of Opus Dei, St. Jose Maria Escrivá, who used to talk about this heroic moment meaning when your alarm goes off in the morning, you know, don't hit the snooze button, but get up immediately, get your feet on the floor, and get your day going, you know. And, and I know for many of us, you know, hitting the snooze button, uh, if it's not a daily thing, it certainly might be a regular thing. And so that, that's a little bit of a sacrifice. I'm going to give up that little bit of sleep, um, that little extra comfort, um, you know, controlling our tongue and our eyes so that we're not, uh, you know, speaking uncharitably. I mean, talk about an ascetical practice. I mean, how often do we sometimes feel like we want to, um, 
you know, gossip about somebody or cut, you know, cut somebody down. And so just to hold my tongue or maybe in a moment of anger, not to lash back, but just to kind of stay silent and, uh, and just, you know, pray for the person. Um, um, or, or, you know, still in that realm of conversation and, and, and talking, how often does it happen to us that when somebody is talking to us, we're already thinking about what we want to say in response. And then we're like, eager to jump in and cut them off so we can get our two cents in. I have a may, response may... to that. <laughs> I knew you would. So lame. That is very lame. <laughs> so lame. You're going to have to go to confession now for that. I, I always um, have to go to confession. But, you know, so just to listen attentively to somebody and, like, not interrupt them, Jim, and uh, impose, yeah. you know, my ideas on them. Um, the, 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 so. the struggle that I have, and, and this, just, this might just be me, um, but when I look at... Uh, and I'm just being candid. Yeah. When I look at the other forms of fasting that we mm-hmm. can do, yeah. I will uh, often rationalize that. Well, as long as I'm doing that, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about the food thing. Mm-hmm. And and sure. I think that the food thing, I just want to emphasize, one, I'm terrible at it. But two, <laughs> that the food thing, I think, really does have um, pride of place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Pr- pride of place. That's exactly right. Okay. <clears throat> No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, that, that is the most fundamental, and, and it's not like these other forms are meant to be substitutes, but um, but they can be added on, you know, you know, if they're helpful, and um, you know, or even like one of the ones that was that was listed in this article by Father Ed was uh, smile uh, when we don't feel like it. You know, right. again, um, that yeah. I mean, just like we may have a headache, uh, or maybe we just feel grumpy and kind of out of sorts that day, but. You know, I can still put a smile on my face uh, and maybe cheer somebody up rather than just looking glum and uh, and unhappy. So, uh, anyway, maybe actually, it'll be kind of cool. We should invite anybody who's listening today to maybe email us with maybe a form of fasting that they've tried, or if there's some other idea that they have uh, have found fruit in. It would be kind of cool to hear. You know, maybe generate a list of creative uh, fasting. I uh, think that's great. We're 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 generating. Thanks to you, we're generating a, a, a <laughs> lot more listeners, and and I'd love this would be an ideal time to get people to be more interactive, and then we can support each other in this. Mm-hmm. So if you got if you got ideas, you can go to our Facebook page. You can send us an email at to our gathered uh, or at mail at to our gathered dot com. Um, you can reach out to Father Rob or me, and and, uh, and, and you know we can yeah, share with the rest of the world. You. Yeah, we would. Sure. Well, good. Well, listen, I think we've uh, probably done a good job with this topic today. And don't well, you? You've done a good job. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. You're you're you're, you're the, pretty you're awesome. The, um, you're a master storyteller too. So <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah. Would you like to uh, talk about some product today? Sure. Let's. Uh, so, and it's not really a product per yeah. se, but um, with uh, and and we're not going to get political. But uh, that being said, um, it'll, it'll tie into this. There is an an organization, a nonprofit organization, called Catholics for Choice, which is ridiculous. It's a pro-choice uh, organization that is supposedly. Uh, filled with Catholics. Now, from personal experience, it seems like this group is made up of mostly atheists, mm-hmm. and it's um, I've I've uh, it, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, I've actually I actually got banned from the page for Ooh. posting one comment, and I quoted scripture. 
Oh, no. And that's all I said. I just, I did a scripture quote, and then I got banned. So <laughs> not real, you know, so, we're not so about they, that scripture yeah. stuff here. So. Right, right. But it prompted me and a friend of mine to start up a Facebook group called Catholics Against Catholics for Choice. And uh, we've got a, we got a couple thousand members right now. And the whole purpose of this is so that when people go onto Facebook, if they're searching for the group, um, we pop up as number two. So it's just like, you know, yep. if, if it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a total troll thing, which is sure. fine. I mean, yeah. in this particular case. Especially in this case, yeah. Uh, right. And, and uh, the, uh, Biden is um, Catholic and is issuing um, all these executive orders that is really making abortion a lot easier to, mm. to get and procure. Yeah. Um, and they're going nuts on their page. Like, see, this is a, this is the future of Catholicism and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. So if, if, uh, if you want to join the battle, um, find, and you're on Facebook, come and find us at uh, Catholics Against Catholics for Choice. Um, and we, we, we've got a mole in the Catholics for Choice group. And so we sometimes post, uh, uh the articles that they like and say, see, this is wrong. And, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's. I don't know. That's it's, cool. Uh, That's it's, cool. it's kind of a fun thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. That's all. And you got two thousand people. You said following. Yeah, we got. Yeah. We have a couple thousand people. We had a. We just had this massive surge at one point, and we had like two thousand people. Then they all went onto the page and tried to post like scripture, and then they all got banned, and then they joined us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, God bless so, you in, in that group. That's awesome. <laughs> Feel free to go on Catholics for Choice and post scripture and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Anyway, you want to um, you, you want to close us in prayer, Father? Sure, I'd be happy to. Right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Heavenly Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit, as we begin this holy season of Lent, we ask that you would help us in our various practices and disciplines especially in the area of fasting, help us to be able to freely give up uh, food and things that we're attached to in order to make more room in our lives and in our hearts for you and for your grace. Help us to be more deeply grateful for the gifts that you bring into our lives. We also ask Jesus that through our Lenten discipline, we might cooperate with you in saving and redeeming the world. And we ask that in our small way, we might bring about greater justice for people that do not have daily bread, people who um, struggle to put food on the table and to meet their basic needs. And so I ask that the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our listeners and remain with them forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. You're very welcome, Tim. Good being with you today. Good chat. Yes, indeed. I don't. I never want to fast from conversations with you. Oh, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. Uh, come and comment on Facebook, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. God bless everybody. Bye.